how do you plan the crazy body mechanics? Is reference helping in this case? So I'm going to assume that the question was what Scott's saying, which is essentially, what? how do you handle the ones that are really over the top and super, super crazy cartoony? How do you approach this? Now, for me, this is about studying and referencing i think again I, the way i see these kinds of these kinds of animations is it's a lot like character uh, caricatures you know you walk in along the streets of new york there's some very talented artist sitting there on the curb they want your money to be able to do a portrait they're going to do a caricature of you basically what they're doing is they're taking there, there's a reason why when you look at it at the end you're like oh my god that's so me and so not me at the same time it's because they've taken qualities of you that are are truthful there there's truth in it but exaggerated right so if you have a slightly above average size nose you bet your ass is going to be gigantic in the caricature right because they're picking mm -hmm. up on these you know what they're very good at caricature artists is, is they they're very good at knowing what the average is and so that they can detect that median and then they just shift things around i'm making it sound easy because it's it's really not <laughs> it's but certainly not because I, I couldn't characterize someone if i tried really really hard but you know really cartoonifying or stylizing really heavily animation is done in my mind a very in a very similar way it's about taking a bunch of uh, stuff that's true from a reference because you can still shoot reference for sure to be inspired by the overall timing and staging of it i still find it very helpful but then it's a matter of pushing poses way beyond what they are uh, normally and like if there's a you know a bit, a bit of a c curve you really overdo it um you can add a lot more overlap to things and suddenly things just become a lot more uh over the top and stylized but that being said you should always go and look to your reference because it depends on how stylized you're going so for instance if you want something to feel very warner brothers usually when people say oh that's very warner brothers they're usually usually without invoking their the the animator's name like they're thinking tex avery or probably even more appropriately bob clampett things that were really really over the top and really zany that's usually the warner brothers sort of like the, that's what people think of when they think of Warner Brothers. So I, I don't. Going, you don't really. <laughs> no, I think of Chuck Jones. I am okay. very much a Chuck that's Jones fair. person, which is not crazy over the top. It's more like yeah. um, authenticity in the performance. Sure, he's still got that pushing stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know exactly what you mean with like the the eyes popping out of the sockets and stuff. Yeah, and like I mean, stuff, but. yeah. I guess it depends on your perspective and your experience with Warner Brothers. But mm -hmm. he's but yeah. But Jacob's completely right. I mean, what version of Warner Brothers are we really talking about? It. My point is is that even when you're talking about one single company as a reference, you might want to get a little bit more specific and be like, you know, okay, but which animator or what type of style or what what cartoon specifically are we really talking about? And then you just have to study it and then understand the rules that those animators had come up with, the recipe, and then start emulating it. Try to find a way of applying that same thing to, to reference. I'm a big believer in starting with a reference always, just because I think it gives you, I think you and I were kind of riffing on this one day, I think it was you, this idea of the in the, the sort of the things the fleeting moments that just sort of just come up in the mm -hmm. moment like like that you that's hard to emulate when you're kind of thinking microscopically frame by frame but mm -hmm. when you're like when you just act in front of a camera and just let loose funny random things are going to start happening you're like oh my god that's really cool i would have never thought of that unless i just lived the moment you know mm -hmm. so i'm a big believer in that yeah sure really cool stuff can be born out of the experimentation that's very cheap right you can spend an evening just shooting a bunch of random references of you trying the scene and then looking at it and be like oh that's really like it's like almost idea mining right it's mm -hmm. like brainstorming with yourself it's so, so much faster than so trying to do faster. that in the computer i'm not going to keep doing this but i would have another example of that exact thing where i had Bring uh, it up. are you sure yeah why not man okay people love show and tell <laughs> okay okay so 
It was not for the Crudes movie, but it was for uh, a mm -hmm. video game thing, uh, something to do with basically promotional material. Mm. Um, that this was one shot out of this ad, and the whole family was trying to get this um, fruit from the top. Um, and I don't necessarily think this is a great end product. Uh, I think I could have done a lot of things better. But it goes back to the question of planning out crazy body mechanics in my point of view, the, the way I was interpreting the question with so many things happening all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I remember I was launched on this shot before I took a trip home. And the whole ride on the plane, I was just trying to sketch out little thumbnails, because I can't draw, of like stick people and trying to think if I just follow one character through the whole thing, what would have to happen next? And I try to figure out like once this person gets on top of somebody then someone else has to like they reach for it and someone mm -hmm. else has to knock them away from just missing yeah. it so how do i do that okay that person hits this one and then the next person has to just almost get it and then someone else has to knock them away how do i do that and it's it's kind of like i follow this person until i get to here and then i move to the next person and then i have to go back around and figure out what that person does right after they get hit um but it was it was a whole plane ride of trying to do those little thumbnails of stick people and track what their path could be. I, and I ended um, up with a bunch of different versions of uh, stick people. Oh, okay. And then you did you, but did you, did you review those with a supervisor or something and then kind of decide when to go with? did not. I didn't think it was clear what mm. I, it was in my head more so than on the page um, because each, it was very complicated to look at as a series of stick figures. So I did block it out first, very roughly. Um, and then I talked with the supervisor and it was a very early stage and I went through and described each thing was, that was happening. Um, it wasn't a normal daily session where you let the work speak for yourself. It was like I was going through and showing like, here's the pose for this 10 seconds of this character. So you're going to have to know what happens during that 10 seconds. Right. Uh, and so uh, just kind of walking them through it once I had some basic ideas of this person, then this person, right. then this person. Yeah. It's crazy because I mean that this is a good example of of a scene that requires so much thought and energy just put into just the planning and the staging because it's like the choreography is it needs to because it needs to be interesting it mm -hmm. also needs to be plausible and you're trying to like you know have like a good mix of tit for tat in there so it's not just one character is always active everyone gets their little moment to shine in here which is mm -hmm. which is really important.